This podcast is brought to you by King's Council Coaching. The mission of the King's Council is to help you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. In order to leave a legacy, you need to live your legacy of excellence through the five power pillars, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. Now, our programs are specifically designed to give you the blueprint and strategies that you need to gain an edge in the most important areas of your life. If you're an entrepreneur ready to upgrade your finances and align yourself with other powerful kingdom-minded men and women, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com to start your legacy of excellence today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Chosen Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Spittler, Director of Growth and Advancement here at the King's Council. And this week I have a friend of mine on, Kara Gibson-Gallup. So great to have you on the show this week. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, You're actually one of our elite coaches here in the King's Council, so we only have four elite coaches, so it is definitely an honorable position. Uh, You're also a business strategist, so if you're interested in uh, personal branding, marketing, business strategy, then this podcast is going to be for you. So first question I have for you, Kara, is tell me a little bit about how you originally got involved with King's Council. So super, super simple. I come from, um, I know like yourself, a background of sports and athletics and competition. And um, I just know I do really great being coached. I love being coached. Um, I know that I perform better when I'm held accountable. I am so self-aware that I could be lazy at times. So um, I love uh, just being held accountable and I'm always my best self um, when I am. So I had um, worked with a couple coaches in the past uh, really, really knowledgeable um, people. And there is a bit of a trend that I've been seeing over the past maybe like four or five years of very, um, this new age style of coaching, manifesting this, manifesting that. And I had worked with one coach, super great. And I told myself like, okay, you know, um, our faith and values don't quite line up, but I feel like every time she uses the word manifest in my mind, I will just replace it with the word prayer and things like that. And I tried to make it work and it just really wasn't working. And I got sick of coaches telling me to just tell the universe what I wanted and that I would get it. So um, super, super quickly decided that I definitely needed some faith-based coaching. Um, and that's what led me to uh, King's Council just um, open to all levels of business. I remember I walked in and I thought that I might not be at the level that I needed to be in order to be a part of um, King's Council. And so quickly that, you know, just um, belief went out the door. And um, like you mentioned, you know, now I'm coaching um, a number of other um, members and it's been such a blast. Um yeah, not to say that my um, business blew up after um, joining King's Council. Just so many um, self-limiting beliefs just completely crushed uh, literally from my first week joining. Um, so it's been a great ride since. Well, you definitely came out of the the gates here, guns a-blazing. I have so many follow-up questions that I want to ask you about what you just said. But before we dive into uh, some of those things, why don't you tell us a little bit of your story just so we can have an idea of your background and where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So my entire um, background, I am a Jersey girl, born and raised. Um, Out the bat, going into college, um, I knew I wanted to be in marketing and advertising. So that's what I went to school for. Um, I studied, went right into um, my MBA, um, half of a PhD, which I'm not quite sure I'll ever finish, but um, that's besides the point. But I took... um, my education and marketing super seriously, and I absolutely loved it. Um, while I was in college, I started my first uh, business, and it was a social media 
ad agency uh, while I was in college, Twitter came out and got popular, or I wouldn't say came out, but got popular. Um, So I really leveraged that with um, local small businesses in my area. Before I graduated, I actually sold that business to a professor of mine, which was really cool. She did something kind of similar. And so before I graduated, I had landed my first full-time role in um, marketing and advertising. I felt really on top of my stuff. Um, And quickly, three agencies in a row, I was laid off for various reasons, typically um, in marketing, specifically the advertising um, lifestyle. Um, When you lose a client, anyone working on that client, if there's not another client to be working on, you know, you lose that, the agency loses that income. And so they let that team off. And Um, so that had happened a couple of times. Sometimes it was just kind of like a last one in first one out sort of situation. And I just remember being like, what the heck I have worked so hard. Um, I've nailed the education portion. I had awesome, awesome support system. I have the same group of best friends from when I was in middle school. I have a really, really great support system from my college friends. I just sold my first business. Like I could not figure it out. And I really had to retransition my brain to go from like a why me to a like, okay, what do I do with this? Um, And it wasn't literally until five years later that I was able to sit back and be like, God, I totally get it. So um, first three years of my career got laid off three times. Um, and then I quickly found myself in, um, a couple roles where I was actually doing the laying off and it just, it just stinks on both ends, right? Being laid off, doing the layoffs and, um, it causes a lot of, um, issues from the agency side. Cause like I mentioned, if you lose a client, um, or a client goes another direction, they take their team in house, you often have to let that team go, but then you're pursuing the next big client. And sometimes that client could get landed the month later, but you just let this team go. So um, it was really, really difficult. And in um, after 2018, I had left the ad agency. I was like, this is just too hectic. I know I can do, take my skill set and do it better, make myself more money. I was so sick of making, um, you know, brands and other CEOs more money. Um, so 2018 decided to go on my own, had so much fun doing the consulting. And of course, in 2020, I had a bunch of colleagues reach out and say, Hey, how do I do what you did? Um, and I was like, what do you mean what I did? And they were like, well, you took the thing that you did at the agency and you turned it into first a freelance business. And then it became an agency. Um, and then in 2020, I saw a lot of my old colleagues being laid off, um, or just seeing the writing on the walls and wanting to do things on their own terms. So 2020, I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching. Um, and then I started to realize that this was really difficult to ask people who were just laid off to reinvest in themselves and, you know, make, um, make what I was worth while asking, you know, it's a, it's a really hard time to make money decisions being laid off. So, um, 2020 was a one-on-one coaching program. Um, 2021, it turned into like a group coaching program. So instead of one-on-one, I was kind of one, one to groups of three to five. And in 2020, we made, or 2022, we made the transition to actually start, um, selling this coaching program, which, um, is all called autonomy to the agencies. So now instead of putting the um, financial burden to pay for the course on someone who's just been laid off and is, you know, stressing, probably has a family to support, um, we're working with the agencies to take on that cost. So it's super exciting. I love it. Um, It gave me the chance to, like I said, sit back and figure, like, I finally had that aha moment, like, I understand why I went through all that hardship, specifically in the first three years of my career, um, because I needed to see what was needed on both sides of the table when going through um, layoffs. So now um, I focus so much of my time on helping people take whatever skill set that they might have. Um, A lot of them come out of marketing agencies, but it's not, um, it goes past that. Um, anyone that has a skill set in project management or maybe um, copywriting, designing, taking that skill set and teaching them how to um, 
monetize that, whether it's through freelancing or, you know, um, starting their own company. And it's been awesome to watch, um, so many people go through this course since 2020 and seeing how their businesses are evolving. Um, it's super great. That is great. Now, one of the things I wanted to circle back around to is you kicked off the call saying that you love coaching, which I think coaching can get a bad knock, um, these Mm -hmm. days. And part of that could be because there seems like there's a lot of coaches out there and some people are well-equipped to help people along and other people haven't had any experience or success and they're still doing coaching. Uh, can you speak to maybe why you love coaching or then even, you know, as I know you've taken on more and more people that you coach, we chatted a little bit before the call. What makes you different from some of the other people out there? The reasons I love coaching and, you know, if you looked at my resume, you'll see also the word consulting a lot and the real difference for me between the two, and I do them both and I love them both, but it's totally um, a difference of do you teach someone to fish or do you give them the fish? Um, and some business owners, some entrepreneurs, some CEOs, they just want me to come in, solve a business problem and slowly back away. And that's um, there's totally a time and place for that. And then sometimes, um, specifically when small business owners are just building, that's not the best thing for them. They should be learning how to uh, identify a problem or a roadblock that's going to come up and figure out the ways of solving those things, whether they are um, business strategy related or marketing related. So um, so I love both. That's what makes coaching a little bit more fun is you're really teaching um uh, typically a small business owner, how to recognize these things so that they can catch them, um, whether you're around or not. Um, and I would say one of the things that sets my team differently is um, we're so, so uh, blessed to be in this time of data, right? There's data everywhere. Um, we're so, so honest with Google. I like to joke that we're actually more honest with Google than we are with anyone else. um, Because we will ask Google the most embarrassing questions about toenail fungus, or, you know, if there's carbs in something that should be, you know, really obviously not, but um, we're super, super um, open on the internet. And there's so much data to collect. So um, my team really loves to sink their teeth into as much data from their target audience as we can possibly find to help inform better business, better marketing decisions. Um, The biggest thing that I see is people thinking that they know their target audience super well. And um, we kind of come in, we do a really, really quick audit. And then we let them know that there are um, some things they didn't know about their target audience or ways to get in front of them or ways to keep them interested that they hadn't thought about before. So, um, yeah, so coaching's just been a total blessing the last um, few years since 2018. And um, I've just loved watching our team kind of ebb and flow and stay ahead of the competition with new ways of helping business owners. Mm, great. Now, one of the things I hear all the time is everyone should be building their personal brand and what that typically looks like, or at least how I understand it in my mind is just post a ton on social media and, you know, display something of yourself. Do you think everyone should be building their own personal brand or should a personal brand only really be built with an end game in mind of what you want to use it for? Yes and yes. Everyone should be building a personal brand and everyone should really have a game plan or not even a strategy, but just um, where you want that personal brand to take you. What do you want people to feel when they see your name pop up, whether it's on a podcast or um, an email, right? Um, The more well-received our brand is, the more emails we get responded back to, um, the more opportunities that there are and I think that um, there's very, I would say there's very few industries you could be in that you might not need much of a personal brand because, um, you know, when you think about generations and, you know, large target 
audiences, um, millennials really stepped it up with saying that like brand story mattered and that we were kind of the generation that wanted to know who's the CEO, who's behind the brands that we, you know, consider ourselves loyal to. Gen Z has come in and blown us out of the water. They care about, does this brand have the same values that I have? Um, you know, what are the, what's the brand story of the CEO? Um, you know, what are they doing outside of business? Um, and you saw brands do this really early on, like um, Tom's the shoe brand, right? They were giving away shoes every time they sold a pair of shoes. And um, that was really, really out there. And we took it um, really positively as a society. But this new generation, these Gen Zers that are now spending a lot of money, um, really, really care about the brands that they purchase from. Um, so naturally, when they find a brand, maybe they see your brand, um, your product or your service on Instagram, I guarantee you, um, you know, eight out of 10 Gen Zers are going to go look and see who's the CEO and go check them out. Um, check out the website, check out LinkedIn, check out personal um, social media profiles. So um, definitely anyone who's targeting Gen Z um, with their product or service, if you are not building your personal brand, I promise you, you will get overlooked by a, an entire generation. Um, so now more than ever, super important to have um, have uh, a uh, online presence, a personal brand, um, and then something that, you know, you're super proud of that looks good, that feels like it uh, really resembles you, what you want your brand to represent. Um, so now, now's a good time. Yeah. So can you even just break down for me what personal brand means? I mean, one of the things that you just said was how it makes people feel when they see yeah. you. Can you speak to that more? For me, that's the easiest way to break it down, right? How do we want people to feel and brands have that might seem like a silly question like all right well every brand wants to be seen as is positive like okay well let's dig a little bit deeper do does your industry does your product or service demand a really high level of trust well there's a way to build a personal brand to help someone feel like your brand is very trustworthy maybe that's not the highest thing on the priority. Maybe it is um, fun and creative, right? That's going to look super different than a brand that doesn't necessarily value creativity. Um, so I definitely encourage business owners when they're trying to figure out what their personal brand might look like or how they might do a quick audit, um, kind of break down your target audience. Sometimes the easiest way to do this is, um, you know, by customer avatars, client avatars, figure out two or three people that are your absolute perfect ideal client and think to yourself, okay, what are they looking for in my brand? Is it something like creativity or trustworthiness? Is it something like authenticity or, um, you know, um, making them feel like, they always know what they're going to get time in and time out working with you. Um, and then when you put those words on paper, you can kind of see how this might shift your personal brand. Um, and I would definitely, I definitely encourage people to start there. Super, super quick 10 minute audit um, and figure out what are those words. And then working with um, a brand strategist or maybe even just a designer, if you feel really um, confident in your brand strategy that um, the brand foundation is built to um, withstand pandemics, things of that nature, um, then you can kind of take the next step and start to visualize what you want it to look like. Um, that includes fonts and colors, right? We look at colors and we feel different things. We look at fonts. Fonts could be super whimsical. They could feel very formal. So really, um, you know, providing that to any brand strategist or designer that you work with is going to um, just really make the final product, your your personal brand feel so authentically you. That's really helpful. One of the things that I'm sure you run into a lot with coaching, uh, as I do as well, is 
people are often looking for clarity. So, you know, they maybe have a somewhat idea of what they want to do. They recognize that personal brand is important. Uh, I mean, I could be a prime example of this. So, you know, up until about four years ago, I just thought I was going to be in ministry. I thought I was going to be a pastor, thought, you know, I had preached, I had had some opportunities to be on some pretty big stages, different opportunities that had come along. Then all of a sudden, much to my surprise, God started calling me into the business world. And so... I'm still reeling a little bit from that of, okay, I still definitely have a heart for ministry, but now God's also given me opportunities in in the business world. So I see the importance of building a personal brand, but I'm not totally clear yet on, okay, what is this going to look like? So I want to build my audience. I want people to know who Caleb is, but I'm still figuring it out. What would I use that for? So what would you say to someone like myself who wants to build a personal brand, but maybe doesn't have the detailed of this is the target audience I want to reach. And this is my exact message that I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. So I would definitely say first place to start is start to jot down almost like a little manifesto or a mission or vision statement. Figure out like, what is the mark that you want to leave? What's the impact you want to make? Um, And that's really often a great place to start. Um, I recently worked with an entrepreneur um, who she left Wall Street and was like, I just want to help women understand investing. She didn't really have a mission statement quite yet or an idea of what that brand could look like, but she had an idea of the impact she wanted to make. She wanted to decrease the pay gap and help women um, better negotiate salaries. So that's a really great place to start. So when you figure out what the mission is, then you can typically sit down and figure out like, okay, naturally, who might be the audience that needs this most? So in her case, she knew she wanted to focus um, on women. If she had taken that um, female route out of it, um, we talked about really focusing on um men and women just out of college that are trying to figure out how do we navigate um, negotiating salaries, things like that. How do we navigate our first 401k? Um, So often when you can figure out what's that mark you want to leave, you can typically figure out, okay, well, who needs this? And it might not be a gender. It might be an age group. You know, we talked about like Gen Z, millennials, it might be a generation. Um, It might be way more specific than that. It might be, um, you know, a geographic location. Um, So when you can figure out the mark you want to leave, you could typically get to who needs this or who am I really passionate about serving? Um, You know, for example, you know, marketing, I, I can market anything, any industry, I'm most passionate about other service-based businesses. Um, And then that's where we start talking about niches, right? If you try to market to everyone, you're marketing to no one. So figure out, you know, who, who really lights up your soul work, you know, working um, together or providing a product or service to. Um, And then that's could kind of slowly get you down the route of, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's who I want to help. This is what that audience needs. And goes back to those words, authentic, trustworthy, creative, um, educated, formal, things like that. And when you can put those words together, that's when you can really say like, all right, here's the foundation of my personal brand. I need, I want people to feel and think these things when they see my name or my brand's name. Um, and I would say that's that's a really great starting point for anyone. So one of the other things that you mentioned was you were able to take off the burden from people that were getting laid off. And I think one of the challenges with personal brand is maybe you some people might feel like they have a mission, but their mission is different than their what's actually profitable. So let's say kind of like, and this is one of the challenges that we have with King's Council, right? Is um, we really want to take care of that that young uh, kind of hungry entrepreneur. Maybe they have no business experience, uh, they have no financial literacy. They're just you know getting off the starting line. 
Now they're probably not gonna be able to invest a ton in themselves or as much as somebody who's already somewhat established in business. So we might feel like, well, our mission is to serve these people, but it's not necessarily as profitable to serve these people. How do you marry the two of kind of your personal vision versus, and even for me, I have my life insurance license. I definitely don't wanna be known as the life insurance guy, but at the same time, that might be making me more money than um, whatever it is, teaching Bible studies or whatever. Absolutely. So that's hard. I mean, we all go through it. Um, You know, working with laid off people wasn't my original, um, you know, vision. But, um, you know, we find who we're servicing the best. And the I'd say the, the best thing to do is try to be creative with getting your who you want your target audience to be. And map it out to see where you need them to be to be that ideal audience. So, you know, take the um, idea of, you know, someone young, someone right out of school that might not have the expendable cash to be investing in themselves. So we know where they are, where we want them to be. And maybe um, typically brands can do some kind of introductory offer to help them get where they need to be? Is there something that, you know, the brand can provide to someone right out of school for a low entry fee that will help them get to the point where they can eventually invest um, a good amount of money into themselves? Um, I've seen this question in all sorts of industries and it, it you know, it's a tough one. And that's where I kind of sat and I was like, all right, I know my target audience, the person that gets the most out of this has just been laid off and they're not going to want to invest in themselves just yet. Um, So I got creative. I was, you know, kind of first it started off with like, can we gift this program Um, before we uh, transition to selling it to the ad agencies, the actual, the first, um, strategy was to turn it into um, a gift that people give. Um, So, you know, it ebbed and flowed. That was kind of a cool idea, but also, you know, didn't really land as well as we wanted to. So knowing, going into it, knowing that you're going to have to ebb and flow and you're going to have to try something and figure out what's not working. Um, And so we had, um, before we transitioned this to ad agencies, um, or marketing, um, agencies purchasing it, we had also worked in, um, a level really, really low introductory offer that they can get on the email list and get, um, you know, bi-weekly, um, uh, recordings of different topics and conversations. So it didn't feel too overwhelming, but they still felt like they were getting something. And that actually worked pretty well. And then we, you know, we tried to get a little bit more creative and we landed with the agencies um, purchasing and it's been um, working out well ever since. But sometimes you just got to get creative. Um, And, you know, sometimes mapping out where you need that target to be and helping them get there at a lower introductory offer can sometimes be helpful. I love that answer because I think people can stop with feeling it's impossible. You know, I want to help people just getting out of prison uh, to get on their feet, but that's not a profitable business. Well, I've known people that have had very profitable businesses helping people that have just gotten out of prison. And I think not always, but often if you are creative, you can do both. And I, I just love your story of, of hearing how you had a heart for a certain people group and you had to pivot a little bit and say, okay, how do I actually make this profitable? But I can actually serve these people while at the same time, like you had mentioned, you want to get paid what you're worth. Because I have seen people that have only ever gifted things or and maybe your model was a little bit different where you were trying to get somebody else to fund that gift. But if you just say, well, I want to serve these people and I give it away for free, that's not really sustainable either. Yeah. I mean, I get so fired up helping people realize that they can take the thing that, you know, they love to do, um, or the skills that they have. Maybe they don't even love it, but maybe they're just a fantastic writer, you know, writing emails for brands, ridiculously profitable. Um, so just helping someone find like a skill set. um, 
you know, in King's Council, we talk a lot about it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, your most favorite passion ever. But there are skill sets that are that are really, really um, simple at the core to monetize and helping people get that skill set that they have, maybe just through work experience or education um, and utilize that to gain a greater quality of life for themselves and their family um, totally lights me up. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, helping people figure out how do you take that thing and make sure it's profitable. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I did a lot of marketing help and just gave my time away for free for a really long time. And I felt good doing that, but so quickly we can either get burnt out, um, or you're still working that full-time job because this service, you know, isn't, um, bringing in any cash and, um, you know, again, the more I, um, was able to increase prices over the years, the more I was able to tithe, the more I was able to donate, the more I was able to give to people. Um, and my husband and I had a really cool moment recently where we gave, um, what we thought was pretty considerable amount of money and we didn't have to look at the bank account first. Remember those times where like, you'd always have to like, look at the bank account before you spent any money, whether it was on groceries or anything. And we felt like we were there just not that long ago. Um, so to be able to write checks um, and give without having to like be nervous about the bank account, you know, those opportunities wouldn't be possible unless I had monetized um, something that people needed. Um, so I love helping people find their thing, right? If you were to tell me 10 years ago, like you're going to help laid off people start their own businesses, I would have been like, no. <laughs> um, so, you know, you go with the go with the flow. God just laid out all these experiences I needed to have good and bad to lead up to this moment. And um, the last couple of years, really, since the pandemic hit, I've been able to like really like sit back and be like, okay, it was all for this. Um, and that's a really cool feeling and helping people get to that feeling too, um, is really just awesome. I love that. I love that. And that's one of the main, I think, messages that we try to speak about in King's Council is that business at its core is not evil, is not greedy, is not selfish. Um, and I'm speaking of someone who went to a Bible college, have done Bible courses. I mean, this is my... I'm talking from the Bible. I believe that business is designed by God. It's a great thing to charge people for your products and services and to help somebody does not mean that you do not get uh, value added to you in that as well. I believe that's how God designed the world to work. Are there times when we feel to give our time away for free or serve someone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think people can feel like it's a greedy thing to charge somebody, especially almost more so when it's something that you're passionate about. If you're really passionate about helping these people, you can feel like, I would do this for free. And we would yeah. say to you, yeah, but typically you shouldn't do this for free because God has designed it in such a way that you can take care of yourself, that you can take care of your family, that you can be generous, that you can give to your local church while you're actually serving people and solving problems in the business world as well. And I think people just need to hear that, that you don't need to feel guilty for charging. It's actually a Absolutely, great godly yeah. thing. Yeah, sales can, sales can be super uncomfortable. And it's actually part of um, the autonomy course. There's um, about two sections that go through like, how to get past that idea of selling. And, you know, some people will say, like, I, I could never run my own business because naturally, like, sales is not my thing. And, like, you know, it's really not most of our things. But um, in King's Council, you know, we talk a lot about people pay more attention when they pay, right? So, um, you know, we're almost doing them a disservice when we don't charge for our skill set because it's easier for people to... Um, kind of let the opportunity pass them up, or maybe they'll use your time, but they won't really act on the advice that you gave if you were coaching. But when we pay for something, we often really do whatever we can to get as much value out of it. Um, so if there's no price tag, there's really less of a sense of urgency to act on 
any help or advice that you give. And um, that's really something that helped me kind of break through that um, mental barrier as well, because, you know, it's a lot of what I do is up in my head. So it was hard to charge when people knew like, oh, well, like, it's just a 15 minute conversation with you. It's just an hour conversation. You know, that's really like, you know, you're not actually doing anything. And I was like, no, I'm I'm not. But did a lot of years of school, right? Like I went through a lot of really tough conversations with clients to get to a point where, you know, I can speak with authority in things like business strategy and marketing. So, um, so yeah, sales is uncomfortable, but it's so, so necessary. Um, and it makes our, you know, skill set more valuable. It makes people pay more attention and get everything that they can out of our goods and services. So where does someone start when it comes to building a personal brand? Let's say that they're listening to this conversation and they say, okay, I'm sold. I know it's important. Where's the starting point? Absolutely. So there's so many, um, there's so many different starting points. And a lot of times it can really start with what kind of learner we're best with. Um, if you really enjoy hands-on um, video interaction, um, you know, weekly coaching, then joining the autonomy community might be a great place, right? It's a e-course, there's um, video tutorials, there is a PDF workbook that you can work through. I'm the type that I remember things more when I actually physically write them down. Um, so we really tried to play with um, how people learn best. Um, if that is not your jam, you're maybe more highly visible. Um, going on to YouTube and Pinterest, um, finding, you know, ways to kind of kickstart that brand audit that we talked about earlier, um, in more visual ways on your own time, self-paced, that's absolutely a great place to start. Um, and, you know, also just finding a business owner, someone who has fruit that you want and trying to spend as much time with them as possible. Um, learn what they did, you know, how they built their brand, maybe if it's something that you could really see for yourself. Um, so there's definitely a number of ways. Um, and, you know, play to, play to your strengths, right? For super visual learners, find a visual way to get started. Um, if you like, if you're like me and you like to be coached, then autonomy could be a really great place. Um, and if you're really just great at making connections and relationship, then I definitely urge people. Um, I know we talk about this in King's Council a lot, right? Find someone who is doing it, doing the thing that you want, um, or at least have the fruit that you want, um, and get as close to them as possible. And maybe that means joining, you know, King's Council, if, you know, someone's listening and they're not already a member, right? It's such a great place to like get around um, like-minded people. And um, so there's a few ways. Investing is so important. And I say investing because it's not just money, it's time as well. You know, I had a, a conversation with someone today who was looking to join King's Council and they said, you know, I'm I'm not happy with my life. I'm making a lot of money actually, um, but I feel like there needs to be more with my life. I feel like I could use more community. I feel like nothing really lights me up right now, uh, but I just don't know if I have time for some kind of coaching community. Um, you know, it's, it's not really the money. It's more so the time that I'd have to carve out for it. And I said, okay, well, what's your plan going forward then? You know, is well, I don't want to take any time away, but I also don't want to live the life that I'm living right now. I'm like, yeah, if you want to change, like change always requires some measure of investment, whether it's time, money, getting around that right person. You have to invest in these things if you want to see changes in your life. So speaking of that, I mean, can you talk to us a little bit more about autonomy and, and what that is and, and your view for that going forward? Yeah, yeah. So um, autonomy is at the core, an e-course that takes um, somebody with any sort of skill set, maybe that's HR, maybe it's copywriting, project management, doesn't even necessarily have to be within the marketing or advertising space. Um, and what it does is it helps us take a skill set and put together the personal brand, the personal brand that will then lead to um, business operations where you can provide your service, um, make it prof profitable, 
but also all the things that come along with that, like how to project manage um, yourself, the requests that come in. It also helps um, get every user set up on um, a freelance site to find additional work. It also sets you up with a number of recruiters in whatever industry you want to be in to work with um, to get additional work, um, say, from, you know, another agency, for example. So what we try to do is get through um, get through the mental blockers, like the things like sales, um, and help people take the skill set, monetize it, but then also give them everything they need to support that lifestyle, um, to support that business. And a lot of times that does come down to um, taking care of ourselves mentally, project managing efficiently, all the little um, pieces of operations that could um, really stop us from ever getting um, burnt out, overwhelmed, right? For most of us, like our first business, that's scary. That's borderline crazy, some people will tell us, right? Like you're getting laid off and now you want to invest and start in your start your own business. Um, so it really helps us get all of um, the mental funk out, uh, helps us get really, really clear on what the mis- mission and the vision is um, and how what are some ways we can niche down? What are some ways that we can really differentiate against your competitors? Um, and so it's completely self-guided um, or sorry, self-paced. There's video guides. There is um, a physical PDF that you could either print out and write. Um, I'm still kind of old school like that. There's PDF where you can work on it digital digitally, but it gives you um a blueprint, a framework for setting up that first business and helping you kind of go back and optimize over time. Um, So super, super fun, easy course. Um, There's lots of community in it. There's weekly um, coaching calls where everyone gets together. Um, And like I said, you know, different perks like working directly with um, recruiters and with, um, you know, freelance opportunity platforms. So um yeah, there's never never um, a lack of work for this community. Anyone that's looking for projects and kind of um, getting started with their their first project for their first business. Um, so it's been really cool to kind of um, watch people go through it and then see, you know, do they stick with entrepreneurship? Do they, you know, go back to um, full-time work? And, um, you know, as of maybe about three months ago, um, everyone that had gone through the course since 2020, the majority stayed with entrepreneurship, was re- which was really cool to see because, you know, the um, the the job force has been really, you know, wonky the last couple of years. And so we weren't really going to we didn't know if we were going to see a lot of people kind of um, fly back to the first full time role that popped up. Um, but we watched a lot of people fall in love with entrepreneurship and really, you know, change um change change the way they live and um you know the amount of family time they get to spend and um so that's been really cool to watch other people's lives change yes yes absolutely i had one person on this podcast and i asked them how does a normal w2 employee become financially free and his simple answer was they can't (laughs) he said unless they take those finances and buy uh, you know, income producing assets, or they have some measure of ownership in your own business, some measure where you can have uncapped income, uh, you're never going to actually have that financial freedom that you talk about. So obviously something that we speak a lot about within King's Council as well is um, so many people have that skill set that you're talking about, but you're working to actually make somebody else financially free as opposed to you know, on some level, begin to put your own product, your own stuff out there. I remember in 2018, when I left corporate, and I decided to go on my own. um, I just couldn't figure out why, after all the years of working hard and getting better at my job, I would, I became more efficient, right? And we do anything Hours and hours, years after years, we get better, we get more efficient, we get a little bit quicker. So what I couldn't figure out is why do you need me physically at this desk 
for eight to nine hours a day when I, after, you know, 10 years, I can do it in half the time. And then what is, what does typical employer, typical employer do? We'll give you the double the workload if you can do it in half the time. But I will tell you right now, my, uh, income as a W-2 employee never doubled, ever. Um, So that's the part I couldn't wrap my head around. Um, And so right out of the bat, starting my own business, I um, quickly reached my corporate salary and I was working less than half of the time. Um, And it freed me up to do other things and build other businesses and work on other um, uh, profit, um, you know, streams and... um, yeah, it just gave me so much more freedom and flexibility and, you know, the way that, um, yeah, the way that corporate just doesn't, you know, see time and work and money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, perfect answer. It doesn't. It, it's impossible to become financially free unless, you know, you're using that income to invest. Yeah, 100%. I had a, a CEO call me. This was maybe over a year ago now and um it's a great working environment uh you know large i mean they're growing a ton i think they've hired maybe another 50 or 100 employees this last year they're just crushing it and he said hey i'd really love for you to to come work for us um and i just said you know i'm really not looking to be in the corporate world and and he said you know just give me a number like what number do you want to start at just give me a number and i said whatever number it is can i double it in the next year or two He's like, well, you know, absolutely not. There's no way I could guarantee that you'd be able to double your income. Um, and I was like, well, then I'm not interested. That is really the the point of being in a corporate ladder where, you know, you can get those promotions and you can climb it over the next 20, 30 years, but you're never going to have that that true freedom to build what you want. I've had this conversation recently too, and I used to be very much air on the side of like, dive right in, right? But we're kind of still in this uncharted territory of, you know, not knowing where um, full-time careers are going to be in certain industries that really took a hit with the pandemic. And what I tell people is if you need a baby step, just start consulting or start freelancing. That way you still feel like you have the foundation of the work that corporate might be giving you, but you're in charge of your time. Um, it's often way easier to negotiate salary, whether um, it's an hourly basis or a weekly or monthly fee. Um, I tell anyone working on full time or um, freelance or consulting projects, you know, we never promise amount of hours. We promise outcomes. So. If you can get that outcome done in five hours a week compared to, you know, 40 hours a week, you obviously don't want to be paid on an hourly basis. We want to be paid on um, the outcomes that we bring. So that's often what I tell people is like a first step or like the gateway drug into, you know, full blown entrepreneurship, starting your own business. If you need, if you feel like you need that baby step, maybe taking your skill set and starting off with consulting or freelancing to just gain a little bit of flexibility um, could be a good start. I think that's so helpful. So many people I talk to that have had a measure of success in the corporate world have also, they've matched up their lifestyle to that measure of income and now they want to go start something, but they're like, when do I actually pull the plug and go all in on entrepreneurship? And now I'm just going to completely wipe away my income. Whereas like you said, if someone can just take a baby step and start to sell your own product, one, you believe it's possible. All of a sudden your eyes open up and you say, wow, I can actually do this. Uh, But then two, like you said, Oftentimes, people are re- able to replace that that income in a shorter time than what they expected. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it started off side hustling. You know, I talked about I had that uh, first company in college that I sold. I mean, truly, that was side hustle. School was my first job. Um, and I side hustled through my corporate career um, to the point where I was just like, I feel like I can do this. Um you know, I definitely feel like I would have um, blown through my income ceiling sooner if, you know, I'd found King's Council sooner, you know, right out of school. Absolutely. Um, 
that would have been, you know, definitely like the best, the best time to get started and break through some of the, um, you know, limiting beliefs that I had going into entrepreneurship. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, sometimes that's also a great first baby step is, you know, starting a side hustle, just get the clients, get, fall in love with the process of it. Um, and quickly you'll feel the confidence to maybe break away, um, and run things on your own. So, um, yeah, the power of side hustling is definitely, definitely real. If you can do it without getting burnt out, that'll also give like a little taste, um, of what's possible. Excellent. Excellent. Well, obviously, uh, you have now become one of, like I had said at the beginning, one of our elite coaches. So yeah. if you want to uh, connect with Kara or have her coaching you, one of the ways that you can do that is through joining King's Council. Um, she is yeah. is uh, one of our coaches. So she coaches people um, often in a one-to-one setting. Um, so that's a great way to connect with her. Um, what's if, if people want to get connected with autonomy and some of the things you're doing there, how do they get a hold of you there? Yeah, one of the easiest places um, to get a hold of me could um, first be Instagram. Um, my name is Kara Lillian. Super easy. Um, and another place is um, Gibson Business Performance info. You can go there and you can easily get a hold of me. Um, kind of run through some of the business strategy stuff, um, some workshops that I do. Um, and also links out to um, autonomy so you can learn more there. But um, yeah, often it's easiest on social media. Um, it's typically easier for someone to who's listening on their phone to just get right on Instagram. But those are the ways. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You've provided so much value. We'll definitely have to have you back on this podcast. But I will give you the last word. Any final remarks that you would say to somebody who's been listening to this conversation and maybe is feeling some some fear, some timidity, um, what would you yeah. say to that person? Man, I'm just honestly going to echo your words, right? If we want change, we've got to do something to make the change that often, um, you know, for anyone who's looking to build their business, build their personal brand that starts with investing in themselves. Um, yeah, you're worth investing in yourself. Your skill set is worth investing. You know, your time and your freedom, your financial freedom is worth the small investment in the beginning. Um, and so absolutely just continue to encourage anyone to just fill their cup, get as much information as possible. You know, the King's Council podcast, the Chosen podcast are really great ways to um kind of fill your cup, know what's possible for you. Um, and then when you're ready to make that step for um, investing in yourself, you know, King's Council's here, coaching's here, business strategists are there for you. So um, yeah, we want to see the change. We got to make a change, right? So good. So good. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chosen Podcast. My name is Caleb Spittler, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Chosen Podcast, powered by The King's Council. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also watch this podcast and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.